0: What goes on inside the mind of the Singapore consumer? The Kiasunomics podcast series unravels the way Singaporeans behave across different domains like spending, transport, environment, superstition, schooling and housing markets. Backed by multiple research studies, NUS Business School professors examine the quirks, psychology and mechanics behind the daily economic decisions of Singaporeans. Welcome to another episode of Kiasunomics Podcast. Today I want to discuss on climate change. And we know that the planet is warming faster than we expect for various reasons. The warmer climate has caused devastating effects on sea level rise. Also on having temperature rising has caused effect on wildfires and wildfires have implications on smog and haze. Singapore has experienced this firsthand from haze episodes of wildfire burning in Indonesia. This has been going on for the last 30 plus years. Every few years we have experienced significant amount of smog when, where the PSI levels can rise up to 100 or even at times to 300 for weeks where you cannot leave the house and you're stuck in the apartment. This has implications on productivity, has implications on resource use, health outcomes. People smoking or inhaling a lot of the smoke will affect their ability to breathe, their respiratory organs... And to protect themselves, they're bound to stay indoors. So clearly haze has implications on all aspects of our lives. It's not easy to solve this problem. You can't just say, we can pay the Indonesian government X amount of money and they will stop burning the wildfire. Sometimes it's not even in their hands. These are just forests with drier climate and higher temperatures, they just ignite on their own. So even it is in the best interest of Indonesia to not have wildfires and haze conditions, sometimes they cannot control it. But we wanted to understand what are the implication of haze on individual behavior. So we looked at various aspects of it. Uh, Let me start with at least two of those. How does this affect our basic primary resource usage like water and electricity. Those are important factors and obviously uh, sustainability measurement for any country and at the household level do people now stay indoors and as a result take sh- longer showers or more showers or turn on the air condition more often just so that they can protect themselves against the hazy conditions outside. Maybe they also need air purifiers that are turned on 24 hours a day during this time period. So we collected massive amounts of data on water usage, which was at the daily level for a small sample of households. I think around 500 households, we had very detailed water consumption data. And for building level, we had also collected electricity usage data so let's talk about the water first Uh, what we found is that if we look at the haze episodes over time that during any given haze episodes depending on the intensity and the length of the episode the water consumption would go up by as much as 10 percent obviously there's lots of variation people who are living in bigger apartments people of different age groups, different ethnicities were using more water. So it was not uniform increase in water usage, but the PSI went up higher to around 200. The water usage went up accordingly. Uh, Malays were using more water. The older people were consuming more water. So this varied across demographics and also based on the intensity. Looking at the electricity usage we found similar evidence that more people electricity bills went up by as much as three to four percent during the haze episodes now this is interesting because people are very likely not going to work or even if they are going to work when they're coming back they're taking an additional shower and at home they're immediately turning on the air conditioner and on both fronts, the, the bills are going up. The bills may not be that important or relevant in this context, so what if your bill goes up by five to six to $10 a month because you're using more electricity and more water? I think what's more important is the aggregate usage of these precious resources in Singapore, whereas the, Singapore's goal is to reduce both electricity footprint and the water footprint, especially being a small island state where both of these are very precious resources. It's not easy to find any solution to this problem. I mean, you can just think about how can we get people to reduce water and electricity is a difficult question. How can we nudge them? We also looked into this idea in a separate setting, correlated with this because we realize people's water and electricity usages are high. We wanted to see how can we get people to reduce their uh, water usage, so we designed a simple experiment where we actually gave, fitted a meter into their showers where the meter would measure how much water do people use for a given shower. I mean, you'll be surprised that in Singapore, on average, we use around 21 liters every time we take a shower. Now that sounds, maybe you might think that's too little, maybe it's too much. But if we compare this to other Western countries, there people use lesser water than in Singapore. Comparing to Europe, there is like 14 or 15 liters. Now, there could be differences. Though those are colder countries. If you live in a colder country, you don't need to take a longer shower. And, and as a result, you can explain the difference. But the point was, can we nudge people to reduce their water usage even a little bit? Let's say if we can reduce it by 10%, that would be a big savings. So we fitted some goals for these meter readings that we had in the, in the showers where we kind of suggested to them, let's reduce your water usage by two liters or four liters or five liters or seven liters. And in some situations, we even had a little polar bear who would dunk in the water. As you took a longer shower, the polar bear would be on ice. As the shower went on, the ice was going to melt and it, the polar bear will just fall down in the water and it kind of made you feel guilty that I'm taking a longer shower, I'm getting the polar bear falling into the water. And what we find is that in this setting that people were able to reduce their water usage on average by around two liters. That's quite significant. So if we can design policies, I mean on the one side as I was saying you haze increases water usage and electricity usage, but then can we come up with some ideas in reducing water and electricity usage and we see that in this setting that using this simple nudge it does work that people do reduce their water usage i want to be cautious that nudges don't quite work in the long term because once you take away this nudge, once we take away this meter reading, these effects die away pretty quickly because people just don't pay attention to it that much and they go back to their old ways of using water. So, for nudge to work, you need some very persistent kind of effects that people will, will, will be using or will be reminded all the time, but there also is not very clear Will it work or not? Because once I kind of remind them all the time, people will just start ignoring it. I mean, this happens all the time when we think about smokers. We make those smoke packs with all kinds of gruesome pictures of cancer in the mouth, in the lungs, and we don't really see people smoking less. People just ignore, start ignoring those ads or or those pictures on their cigarette packs So nudging does work in this setting, but it's not persistent effect. So clearly, this is something we have to keep grappling with, this idea of haze and how that is affecting our lifestyle. Until we come up with a more long-term solutions, maybe nudging could be one way to kind of help people reduce their water and electricity footprint, but there could be other ways we still need to keep grappling and thinking about We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you more interesting research-based insights on a wide range of topics in business and economics. Subscribe to our channel now.